Let's pray. Father, thank you for your precious... Oh, how great you are. And Lord, we thank you that you're here. Our hearts are touched, dear Lord, in the depths of who we are in Christ when we sense your presence as we're touched by you, Lord. And words cannot express how much we love you and how much we're just grateful today for your, your love. That <clears throat> the Bible says, what is man that you're mindful of us? Why did you even give us a second look? You could have left us in our sins, and yet, Lord, in your plan from eternity past to send Jesus into the world, a perfect sacrifice to die for our sins, we can't understand that, Lord. And only as by your Spirit that you reveal the things of God to our hearts, we can't grasp how great you are. And so, Lord, when I stand here and listen to the testimonies of those who are speaking of how they've been touched this past week, praises before our King, our Master, our Lord. I'm just, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. But I'm grateful. And I thank you for the healing that's taking place in this place. I thank you for healing in families. We're thankful today, Father, that, that you are bringing reconciliation across the board. And families and churches across this nation, dear Lord, you're bringing us together in the bond of love because of Jesus. And it was because he's risen and he's risen indeed. And so, Lord, we pray that today every person here would truly be changed. Dear God, we haven't come in here just to go status quo. We've come in here to be changed, to be made more like Jesus, to love like him, to give like him, to minister like him, dear Lord. And we're asking by the power of your spirit that each person here would understand their calling, their destiny. And that calling is destiny is far greater and deeper than they would ever imagine. And dear Lord, we wouldn't waste our, our time on trivial things. We wouldn't waste our time on those things that are shallow. But dear Lord, we would come. And Lord, as it may be said, we waste our life on Christ. Although we know that's not wasting. It's actually what we're called to do. We ask you, Lord, today that we would be abandoned to ourselves and, dear Lord, abandoned to Jesus. Lord, we pray that today because this world and this country called the United States of America is in need of a revival, of an awakening. And we believe, dear Lord, somehow in your divine plan that that is being stirred in the hearts of the people across this country and across this world. So get us, give us a greater desire to pray, a, a, a desire, Lord, to get away from the things that have, have stolen our time and help us to pray and call down the power of God. Because without you, we know we're nothing. So, Lord, we celebrate Jesus celebrate. And dear Lord, we look forward to him coming back again. Because the word of God is true. He's coming back. And he's coming back soon. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. <clears throat> Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 24. And I have two people going to read scripture here. And, and Billy has has got the microphone, is going to hold back here. One is going to be uh, Trish back here, 
and, and Betty. Uh, so if you would, Trish, go back where Trish is, Billy, and hold the microphone. In Luke chapter 24, Trish is going to read verses 13 through about uh, verse probably 20, 28 maybe. It's our, okay. Yeah, 28, somewhere in there. Okay. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem? And do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priest and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Thank you. Betty? To which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly. Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went into stay with him. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he dispersed. He disappeared from the, their sight. They asked each other, Where not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together saying it is true the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon then <clears throat> the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread amen thank you thank you all thank you ladies sir doing that. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Let me hear you. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Let me tell you, 
Mary and the other ladies had already gone to the tomb, and uh, John and Peter, they had already seen that the tomb was empty. And I want to just stress to you today how important it is in the resurrection and some things that may be in the past you've not been taught. Hopefully that the day will be the day we'll learn them together. But I think it's so significant when we talk about this because there was an uproar throughout the city when this took place, certainly here. But there are several points I want to make today. And first of all is there is no greater news than that Jesus is alive. Now when God spoke creation into existence when he spoke the word and creation came into existence there the universes think about it the milky way and how big it is our planet here is in the milky way but there are obviously many uh, i don't know how many solar systems that they've discovered way out here all the stars that you see and how far they are away how big they are for us to be able to see them here on planet earth And he spoke, and all these things came into demonstration. So when God spoke, this was a great demonstration. I'm telling you, you think about it. It was probably like atomic bombs of numerous that went off all at one time. But I want to tell you today, a greater demonstration of God's power was when Jesus Christ rose from the dead. A greater demonstration here. Because the Bible says that obviously these things that are material... And even this earth will one time just kind of burn up. But all these material things will come to an end. But we talk about something that never comes to an end. And Peter writes in 2 Peter chapter 3 here, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat, both the earth and the works that are in it. Can you imagine such an event? The earth will melt with fervent heat. The material world as we know it will one day burn up, will be wiped out. Peter says, nevertheless, we according to his promise look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. That's 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 13. Jesus' resurrection is not the restoration, the physical life of a dead body. It is the emergence of a new order of life. It is the embodiment in time and space of an eternal life. The Bible goes to great lengths to help us to understand that Jesus had a body here. In Luke chapter 24, Jesus said, Behold my hands and my feet and bones as you see I have. And we believe, obviously, many times people just believe that obviously the physical body was resurrected. It's a higher order of life. It's eternal life. He could uh, appear in different places. He could walk through doors. Uh, you could see he ate there on, on the sea when the, 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 the disciples came up on him and all and so forth. And think about this just for a moment. Right to begin with, this is the type of glorified body that you and I will have when, we have, when the resurrection takes place. We, the Bible tells us that we'll have a body like Jesus's. And uh, can you imagine that when we have it? No more sickness, no more pain, no more death, no more suffering, no more of any of these things. All of those things have passed away here. We won't appreciate the significance of Jesus's resurrection here. We could just somehow have sentimental feelings about an innocent man suffering unjustly and coming back to life. But it's so much more than that. 
Remember when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead? Lazarus was brought back to life in a mortal body. But we know one day uh, Lazarus died again there. Jesus lives forever. The resurrection is so important in understanding that. And Jesus' resurrection was the beginning of a new eternal order here. Paul said it in 1 Corinthians, the first fruits of the end of the age, resurrection. Think about his glorified body here. Uh, He could interact in the natural order, but at the same time, he could transcend that realm also. One theologian said that he could show his wounds and also to pass through closed doors. In fact, immediately following the the text here, it talks about that. He does that. In our text, he has the power to disguise his glory so that these two disciples didn't recognize him until, obviously, he broke the bread there. He shared scripture. He said, didn't our hearts burn within us? Because here was the Son of God, the risen Son of God, Jesus himself, sharing the word of God. Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was was with God, and the word was God. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus You can't obviously say it enough times. It's Jesus and his resurrection that took place so that we would know and have the assurance that we too will be resurrected as we believe and trust in Jesus. Can you just think about that day? Can you think about that day? And we'll work for the Lord. We'll never get tired. We won't have these old bodies that decay and and all these things. We will have the resurrected body here. The body that we will have. The significance of the resurrection. Make sure that we understand Jesus' resurrection as the first fruits, the beginning of a new eternal order of reality here. The Lord has risen indeed. The second thing here is, what does that mean for you and me this morning? It means that Jesus is everything that he claimed to be. In the church's first recorded sermon, Peter centered his message on Jesus' resurrection. He didn't talk about, obviously, his, his good character, although that was great, and his good life. He only mentioned the miracles. His all-important message was the fact and significance of Jesus' resurrection. Listen to what he says here. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses, Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. In verse 36, he closes. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. How did God do that? By resurrecting Jesus from the dead. The resurrection proves what God had set out to do from the very beginning, from eternity past. All of it set in place because Jesus Christ arose from the dead. Jesus' resurrection in a glorified body sets him apart and above all religious leaders. And we know Buddha's body is still, the dust is still in the grave there. We know Plato is dead. We know Confucius is dead. God is the God of the living. Jesus is alive forevermore. He is risen indeed. This ends the debate about which religion is true. The answer to that debate is not a philosophical argument based on human reasoning. The answer as to which religion is true lies in one question and one question alone. 
which leader rose from the dead and lives forever? Jesus and Jesus alone. No other does. They're still in the grave. Their bodies are rotting there. They're not already obviously dust. In Romans chapter 1 verse 4. And declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. How do we know that Jesus was the Son of God? We know it because God raised him from the dead. How do we know that his teaching was right? God affirmed it by raising him from the dead, not just in a mortal body to die again, but in a glorified body to live forever in a higher eternal order here. It is the resurrection and ascension that establishes his authority as Lord forevermore. There is no salvation under any other name except by the name of Jesus. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you shall be saved. There is no other way to heaven. And God just lays it out here real plain in his word and the revelation of the Holy Spirit to your heart and my heart. In Matthew 28, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Philippians chapter 2 gives a beautiful description of Jesus humbling himself in the incarnation here. It says, Therefore God also has exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, and those in heaven and those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I've always given the invitation, why not bow your heart and bow your knee today and not wait for that time? We're not guaranteed any time on this earth. Somebody said in one of the songs I listened to, it's as though we're living on borrowed time. Isn't that true? We're living on borrowed time. So why not? The day is the day of salvation. The day is the one, the day we call upon the name of the Lord. We don't know. People go in in schools nowadays. People are sitting in parking lots and children are being shot and killed. People are, are all over, I mean, and, and people will hurt you and not think twice about it with no conscience. And we talked about that. Why not do it today? We don't know. You see, Jesus is not an option he is the way, the truth, and the life. In John 14, it says, nobody comes to the Father except through me. There's no other way to heaven. There's no other entry point into this higher order of resurrected life. You're not going to earn your way into that. False religion will not get you there. Good intentions will not get you there. Faith only in the resurrected Christ will get you there. And I want, last week I mentioned, I want to say it again. In the recent survey, about 2016, this survey was, was done. They said that <clears throat> here in the United States of America, approximately 73% claim to be, of the people live here claim to be Christians. Okay, And out of that 73%, we know that it says that only about 35% read their Bibles. And only just a small portion of people, and in, in fact, 45% believe in evangelism. Believe that we should share our faith with other people. Out of that 73%, now this narrows it down, doesn't it? Now, and it says, obviously, that about 35%, obviously, attend church. I don't know that that's even true. You need to be in church to hear the Word of God. 
You need your faith stirred. You need to be listening to the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God so that we can grow. I want to tell you today, we're living in perilous times. Jesus could come back at any moment. There are no prophecies that are not unfulfilled that Jesus could not break through the clouds this day and rapture you and I out of this place. Are you ready is the question. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we can be ready today. We have no other way to heaven except through Him. And you know, I told you over the years in visiting hospice, more and more people in 25 years at the end of that time basically said that they, I said, how are you getting to heaven? Do you know Jesus? I've been a good man. I've been a good woman. I've done good things. I give away to the the poor and I do this and that. And I said, that won't get you in heaven. Jesus will get you in heaven. And so out of this survey, it said that 55% out of the 73%, almost, that means right up there, said that the way that people get to heaven is by good deeds, by being a good person. Look at the deception that the devil has put upon even the church of the Lord Jesus Christ today. We've got to shake that off and know and tell our neighbors and tell our friends and tell our family members today who believe that somehow that they've been good and they have good intentions and they kind of follow along trying to be a good person and so forth and everything is going to be okay when they face God Almighty in the judgment and it won't be because Jesus Christ is the only way. And Jesus Christ arose and he's risen indeed. You see how serious this is when we talk about this and how important the resurrection is. And I want to tell you, you know, you must in your heart believe the good report that Jesus is Lord and there is no other way. I cannot preach enough good sermons, although I may not ever preach a good sermon at all, okay? Don't you nod your head yes to that. I can't be good enough. I can't minister good enough. Maybe do it a little bit more than God will accept Jim Barcliffe. No, he won't either. The only way I've accepted is because of Jesus Christ and my relationship with him. So you believe that. And based on you, that, you commit yourself to him in public confession of Jesus as Lord. If you haven't done that, today may be the day that you confess if you need to confess it over and over again. You see, God never hears, never tires of hearing us saying, Jesus is my Lord. Can you imagine how the, the heart of God throbs? And we say, I love your, your, your son, Jesus. I love him. I worship him. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine when we come in here and we declare our praises before God Almighty, how that just, the heartbeat of God begins to throb, if you can think of it that way? Can you imagine that today? When one sinner comes and repents and comes back, can you imagine the rejoicing in heaven at this very moment? You see, Jesus is Lord. He's risen. And the reason we stand before you, and I don't give you some type of condensed Reader's Digest version of what I believe to be the truth of preaching from the Word of God. We come in here. But you see, if the resurrection had not taken place, our faith is in vain. We might as well go on home because we're wasting our time in this place today. But He is risen. And He's risen indeed. Amen? You see, the resurrection means that our sins are forgiven. 
Paul says, For if the dead do not rise, then Christ not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. And then all those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have the hope in Christ, we are all men the most pitied, pitiful. Our acceptance before God is based on Jesus' acceptance before of Jesus is, our, is based upon Jesus' acceptance before God. That acceptance of the resurrection, obviously, makes it to where we're acceptable today. That's why it's so important here. You see, it is the resurrection of Jesus that confirms God's acceptance of his sacrifice on the cross as payment for our sins. And without that, we're doomed. We are finished. We are in our sins. We are under the wrath of God. Today, obviously, when before you accept Christ, the Bible says that obviously you are an enemy of God. But his whole heart towards you is that you come and repent and return and ask Christ to come into your life and save you. And you see, he does that so freely, just like what Billy described there in the wilderness. He didn't love you just that much. His arms, I love you this much. And his arms are open wide. And he receives us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Everything depends upon the resurrection of Jesus. If Jesus is not risen, again, our meeting is, is a waste of time. It's the resurrection that gives the cross its validity. Without the shedding of Christ's blood in payment for our sin, we would have no hope of salvation. But it is the resurrection that declares that the sacrifice acceptable before God Almighty. In Acts chapter 13, Paul preached a sermon similar to the one Peter preached here. He said, Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sin, and by him everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Justify means to be made right before God here. We can, only Jesus can provide the right standing before God. He is God's chosen means of salvation. Try climbing to the top on your own and you'll never make it. Why can Jesus alone forgive sins? Because he alone paid the penalty for our sins. He alone lives in a glorified state as God's chosen high priest in John 3. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You either have life, the Bible says in 1 John, or you don't. If you have Jesus, you have life. If you don't have Jesus, you do not have life. He is the only way to God Almighty. It means also that Jesus is alive and able to meet our every need. Praise God. Every need we have. Now, let me tell you, sometimes it's a pie-in-the-sky type of Christianity that we sometimes talk about. And sometimes in the hard times we think, well, I, I don't know if I signed up for this thing. And maybe, you know, it, it's tough because the Bible says that it's just like what was read earlier, that we've got to deny ourselves and take up our crosses daily and follow Him. We've got to die to self. And self doesn't like to die. You anybody in here know about that self? Selfishness, I want my way, and I don't care about anybody else. Selfishness does not want to die in your life and my life. It is a daily battle. It is a struggle. And will be until I face Jesus. Amen? Same way with you. That old flesh will rear its ugly head continually. 
And self does not want to die. I want to do what I want to do. And God knows what's best. Isn't it sometimes that we're in some trials or tribulations, some things that we never obviously thought we'd be in, and we sometimes, oh, we start complaining and groaning and so forth. And don't you know that God says, do you trust me? Because a lot of times we squirm under the pressure of these things. And we know in that pressure God's doing something special in our lives. But we don't want to be in that pressure cooker because it hurts, it's painful and so forth. We just want the pie in the sky type of Christianity. Give me this and give me that. And yet sometimes life is not like that. And you think somehow God has abandoned you because somehow you don't think that these things are maybe he's allowing to happen. Maybe it's just the devil. And it might be. But don't you know even the things that the devil hits you with, the Lord can turn it around for our good. Romans eight twenty eight. It doesn't make any difference in your life and my life if you're a child of God. And I don't care what your economic situation is, what your housing situation is, uh, no matter what. If you have Jesus in your life, you're rich. Amen. Amen. You're rich. You're rich. Hallelujah. You're rich, and I'm rich. You remember what happened there in Acts chapter 3? The lame man was at the gate called Beautiful. Peter and John were walking by and, and all, and he's begging for money. He's begging for alms. He, he's been there a long time here, and when Peter saw him, he looked intently as, uh, at the man, and he said this, it said, silver and gold, I have none. But in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And he got up and walked, didn't he? He went and shouting and jumping and, and just praising God. And, and sometimes, you know, when that happened, he didn't give him the money. They didn't have that. And sometimes the people at this particular time, they, they thought it was Peter doing it. Peter said, no, it wasn't by our own power. It was the power of Christ in our lives that did that. And God uses you and I to pray for people. We see miracles. We've seen miracles in this church over and over again. Praise the Lord. That's not my power. It's not your power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. And Jesus made that possible. Because he said, it's expedient that I go back to be with the Father. Because if I don't, I can't send the Spirit. But I want to send the Spirit who will be in you and will be with you. You'll have a comforter. you have somebody to help you. You'll have that one that walks along beside you to help you. The Spirit of God is here right now. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God in your life and my life, we're never alone. He partners with us in that. There are certain things I believe He won't do until we respond to Him. But I do believe this. He helps us even in times that we don't even realize it. Maybe he spared your life. Maybe he's kept you from dying and going out into eternity before God is finished with you. And I believe that to be true. Whatever it may be, he go, comes along with us. And the important thing is knowing that. Knowing, obviously, what do you need from the Lord? In the name of Jesus, it's available to you. Ask the Lord. Go to the Lord. It means also eternal hope. This is not my home. I'm passing through. Thank God it's not my home. I went in nursing homes all over the city for many years visiting. I saw people who were in fetal positions, had not moved for quite some time. I saw things that I can't even describe to you because it was too, it just ripped my heart and seeing these things happening. The memory care units in, in, in Houston and the area have, have increased in, in the last uh, couple of decades like nothing I've ever seen today. There's more Alzheimer's and dementia that's going on in this country today than I've seen. 
people who don't even know, people who are in a catatonic state, and you go up, and the only thing they may or may not recognize is when I begin to sing, and this, in my case, in ministering to them, is I began to sing an old hymn that I believe they could relate to, and they looked at me and maybe started singing along, and the family says, Jim, Mama hasn't spoken for about five years. But this is not our home. This is not our life. We have a better home and a glorified body that Jesus has said, I guarantee you'll have it in the resurrection. Praise the Lord. It means we have eternal hope in Christ. And we believe one day it'll be all made right. He'll work miracles in our lives. I believe that he will do that. But this life is only a grooming for eternal life. This is a dress rehearsal. Right, right? I'm glad this is not where it's at. It's a dress rehearsal. Getting ready. He's saying get ready. That's why I said I believe we are in a season of preparation. I don't know when Jesus will come back. I'm just saying, church, get ready because he could come back at any moment. And if you're not getting ready for his return, don't be like those ten virgins there, or the five anyway, in Matthew 25. Five were ready, had their lamps trimmed. Five did not, and the door was shut, and they couldn't get in. Be ready. Things are happening today. The Spirit is beginning to move across this nation, beginning to move in churches today. And I want to tell you today, if you want to get in and be a part of it, open your heart to Jesus. Open your heart. Think about that glorious day of the Lord that's coming. Think about the day when you see Jesus. Think about that moment when you're changed to have a glorified body like Him. In 1 Thessalonians 4, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Aren't you amazed what God has done for you? Aren't you amazed in His goodness and His grace? Aren't you amazed? That's why it's amazing grace. Because you and I know when we're saved... We recognize that nothing within us can bring salvation, that it has to come from the one who died and gave his life for us. That's salvation. That's what the resurrection is all about. And so I want to tell you, when I talk about these things, I get excited. Amen? I get excited about Jesus. I don't want to become cold and all. And Jerry talked about in in Sunday school. I believe we are the the church Laodicea. I believe we're lukewarm. And God has got to light that fire up. But you and I have got to do something. And we've got to say, Lord, we need you. Because if we don't recognize that we're lukewarm and we don't recognize that we need Jesus, he'll stand there. And I believe he's standing at the door of the church, knocking, continuing knocking, wanting to come into his church again. So many churches teaching heresy out there, teaching things that are not right. About name it and claim it. No, you don't name it and claim it. I believe in a positive attitude, definitely. But let me tell you, I am not God. And when you talk about dying to self and so forth, some of us cringe. I know I do. And denying myself 
and taking up my cross and following him. Life's tough. Sometimes I would ask a man if I'd visit him before he died, and I'd say, what? How were you raised? And he said, Jim, I was raised in the school of hard knocks. Y'all know what that is? That's nothing to be ashamed of. In fact, in that refiner's fire, when God turns the heat up in our lives and says, hang in there, persevere, then I know that he'll give us the strength that we need to be able to do that. That's the question of the day. Are you, are you wanting it? Are you wanting, Lord, Jesus has you, but do you want more of him in that sense? Do you want to yield more control to him if you phrase it that way? Do you want a closer walk with Jesus? The question is, have you received Jesus in your life as your Lord and Savior? You see, we had a testimony up here a few months ago of saying, Lord Jesus, I, I can't do this. I, I'm, I'm in the wilderness. And I'm lonely. And I need you. If that's your prayer today, today may be the day that you ask Christ to come in your life and say, I need you, Jesus. Or it may be that you've wondered. You're not on fire for Jesus. You don't have that passion for him down deep like you used to. You see, God is more than willing and ready to ignite that passion in your heart for Jesus, you see. It's all about Jesus holds it all together. It's all about him. We will face him one day. When we're absent from the body, we're present with the Lord. When we take our last breath, we're going to go into his presence. But you say, I've just lost that passion, that burning desire. Maybe you've lost that desire to read the word of God. Maybe just down deep you, and, to, and to study the word. Or maybe to pray. Whatever it may be. You see, you come to Jesus and he'll light that fire again. He'll get it burning. Because sometimes that light does get thin, thin and down dim. But Jesus will light it again if you open your heart to him. If that's your prayer today, maybe whatever it may be, and if you would just bow with me this morning. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for dying for us, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for just rising from the grave. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you. I pray there be anyone here today has never asked Christ to come in their hearts. Today would be the day of salvation. Today would be the day you give your heart to Jesus. Maybe you feel Jesus knocking at your door, that heart's door, and you're saying, I'm feeling it strong, and I need to make a decision for Christ. If that's you today, I want you to just raise your hand if you would. If that's you, raise your hand. I'll pray for you. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you. If you want a closer walk, I ask this, I know at various times, but if you, you just feel that passion has waned and, and you don't have the passion for Jesus like you used to, and maybe you say, i got to get my life right. Time is passing past. I'm not as young as I used to be. And you're saying, I want that really passion for Jesus. If that's you today, raise your hand if you want. I want to pray for you. Raise your hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. If you're just in a habit you can't break. I just want to offer to you today. Jesus is our deliverer. Maybe it's something been hanging on for a long time. And you're saying, I need you, Jesus, to, to deliver me. Take it away. I'll just pray for you right now. Jesus, those who have said to come in their life right now, 
and, and to save them. I pray that salvation would become real in your presence in their lives. They would know true repentance and they would turn their life over to Jesus. And those who raise their hand regarding just a, a passion for Jesus, I pray for them right now in Jesus' name. The life is tough and, and we get weary and, and the enemy is working hard to keep us from coming and walking close with Jesus. But Lord, we ask you, they would have a breakthrough real soon and they would be lit up, lit up with the fire of the Holy Spirit in their lives. I pray they would have an encounter in the Holy Spirit of God in their time with you or in the church house, wherever. I ask it in Jesus' name. Release that Holy Spirit in this place this day and I thank you and praise you, whatever the need may be, breaking habits, breaking things that you know are, are okay, but you just don't want them in your life. Lord, we pray that the spirit of deliverance, your spirit, would deliver us, oh God. That's our prayer today. And Lord, we need you. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, praise you. He is risen. He is risen indeed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.